We grow when we give. We grow when we give. We grow when we give. Nosotros crecemos cuando damos. We grow when we give. We grow when we give. Welcome to ROG, Return on Generosity. I'm your host, Shannon Cassidy. This podcast celebrates generosity at work, not financial giving. Giving valuable time, mutual respect, alternative perspectives, and genuine collaboration. Our special guest today is Sabrina Bailey. She's the global head of wealth solutions at London Stock Exchange Group, often called LSEG. I first heard about Sabrina from a coaching client at LSEG in partnership with Sheridan Global. The client had attended an all-hands summit, and Sabrina was a speaker. She shared with the LSEG community why it's so important to be of service to others. Welcome to ROG, Sabrina. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me today. I'm so grateful to learn more about you and reconnect. We hit it off the second that we got to meet each other. And I, I just know you have a wealth of life experience and knowledge to share on this topic. And I'm grateful that we get this chance to share more with each other. Give us a little bit of your background, Sabrina, so we can get to know you. Thank you, Shannon. And I, I really am excited to have this conversation with you as well. By way of background, I grew up in a very small town in Oregon. I have an identical twin sister. We had a ton of fun growing up, switching places on families and teachers and friends, uh, and then a younger brother. And so what that meant was I had never even heard of a stock or a bond until I actually went to college. And I fell into the financial services industry and ended up absolutely loving what I get to do every day. I also met my husband of 22 years in college. I was on a date actually with his roommate that didn't go well wanted a ride on his motorcycle. And that is how we met. And we have been together ever since. We have got two strong and intelligent and independent daughters who are 19 and 17. They also keep us very, very humble. (laughs) And then I would say in terms of the service history, so growing up in a small town in Oregon, I remember distinctly when our family fell on hard times when I was in middle school and there was a family friend of ours who brought us over bags of groceries one night. And while that doesn't seem like a significant event for most people, for us, it had a lasting impact because we had food to eat. We knew what the next meal, where the next meal was going to come from. And just that small act of generosity taught me that we need to be looking out for others as much as we look out for ourselves. And that's really shaped who I've become, not only in the workplace, but I would say our recognition of the importance of service as a family. To our girls and ourselves, we've been doing service trips, both my husband and I since middle school. Our girls have been doing service for others in our community, both locally, nationally, and then also globally for the last 10 years. So it's really become part of who they are. I mean, in fact, over the holidays, whenever we do gifts to one another, one of our gifts is what are you going to give back to someone else? So that is the girl's gift to themselves. And what are some examples of the kinds of things that you give back to someone else? One year, we actually adopted three families over the Christmas holiday, got a list from those families and bought everything on their wish list for Christmas instead of doing gifts for ourselves. And the girls got to be involved in that. Another thing we did was one holiday season right around Thanksgiving, we picked three families that didn't have a place to sleep and we just purchased hotel rooms for them for a week where there was a pool, we provided food, 
gift cards to buy food, supplies, swimsuits for the kids, just to give them a warm place to stay, but also to enjoy time as a family during that season when it can be really hard for others. And then the final thing globally, we have a not-for-profit we run in Sierra Leone, Africa, and the girls have been there four times now supporting local kids, whether it's teaching at the schools or running farming programs, helping with the women and the girls. And it's been amazing to see the impact that has on their life, because as we think about what folks have, in particular in Sierra Leone, there's no power, no water, no electricity. Really, they don't have any of the comforts we have. And just getting to be a part of that community where there's so much joy, regardless of physical possessions, is an incredible life-changing experience for anybody. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, thank you for those examples and that modeling of how to build giving and generosity into holiday traditions and annual traditions and really that reminder of how we're all in this together, even from your early childhood experience of your neighbors being so thoughtful and aware of how they could support you in a way that they might've felt was minor, but for you, it was so impactful. And you're the co-founder of Grow for Hope, the organization that you were just referring to. And I'm just curious, Sabrina, you know, at the beginning of ROG, we say we grow and we give. And for you to name this agency or this opportunity to support people as Grow for Hope, like what, what does that mean to you? It means empowering others who have the expertise in particular in that community to grow so that they are given, instead of a handout, a hand up. And what I mean by that is truly allowing, we've got one employee uh, in country, truly allowing her vision to be cast. Our only role as the not-for-profit is to come alongside and to mentor, to coach, to guide in leadership, philosophy, sustainability, education, and truly to see the growth of both her, but then also to allow her to grow other women and young girls in that community. It has been so powerful because they're operating within their own cultural norm, and that is what creates sustainability. Too often we have seen in particular, Western cultures come in and try to change the cultural norms in order to make businesses run, for example, the way we think they should. That doesn't work. It just fundamentally doesn't work because their cultures are so different. The way they think about society is so different. And so it's truly about growing the individual personally and growing the individuals and their leadership capabilities as well. That's so powerful to think about how you want to empower them and you don't want to make them dependent on you. You want to really equip them with how they can sustain their own livelihood and potentially their own wealth generation. And that's just, it's such an incredible utility of your professional experience in financial services. Like, you know, a lot about wealth management and, you know, currently, you know, global head of wealth solutions at London Stock Exchange. Like, how would you say your professional experience has helped to inform you and how you can give to others, both you know, in your business life and around the world? Yeah, my professional experience in terms of generosity, it started early in my career. I was blessed to have some key mentors who taught me the importance of generosity. And what I've recognized over the years is, as we think about growth of business and sustainability of business, whether it's a for-profit public company like LSEG and running the wealth business or a smaller not-for-profit, Truly, the growth of the company is from the generosity of people's time, talents, and treasures. 
some of the key examples just in my career where I've seen generosity in terms of time. I think about those mentors who came alongside and freely gave of their time to act as sounding board for decisions that needed to be made. Whether it was 30 minutes, whether it was over a lunch break, it didn't matter. That generosity of time not only helped coach and guide myself to where I needed to go, but gave me the tools to help coach others in all the areas I've been able to participate. From a talents perspective, I've had a number of shifts in my career where I've moved from investment consulting to asset management to digital fintech. And each of those times, there were folks who came along that were experts in areas where I was intellectually curious, but didn't yet have the knowledge. And they gave of their talents to help guide and coach me and give me the insights and the information I needed and access to the right information to really then grow myself. So going back to that hand up instead of a handout. They pointed me in the right direction and let me run and really gave up their talents to help me do that. And then finally, in terms of treasures, we think of big things often when we think of generosity and that it has to take a lot of time. Some of the most impactful treasures, quote unquote, I've been given uh, in my career was when I was in the first couple of years of my career and working 80 hour weeks, one of the managers sent me a fruit basket at home. I remember it to this day because it was a small thank you. It's as simple as a colleague who is willing to send a thank you note or send a nice email message. It doesn't really doesn't take a lot of time. And that's what I want people to take from this is generosity can take as little as a few seconds. It could be opening a door for a colleague whose hands are full. It could be recognizing they're having a tough time. And even if you don't know what it is, stepping in to say, hey, maybe I'll take this meeting for you. Or you know, can I give you some resources that might help you there? And that really truly shaped who I was as an individual and how I think about life. That is fantastic. My gosh, what a great way to encapsulate so many thoughts is this time that, that investment in caring about someone and recognizing them and then talent. When you talked about those individuals who really took you under their wing and gave you access to resources. I love how you said how you were intellectually curious, but you didn't really have the right knowledge base or what you needed in order to make a move in that area. So they equipped you with, you know, what to read and what to look at and what to watch so that you still had to do the work, but they led you and that whole like hand up instead of hand out. And then when you're talking about treasure, I think you're right. Sometimes the perception is that it's something so huge or this enormous contribution. And sometimes the contribution is enormous, but it's small. And it also, to me, it sounds like a mindset that you have, like this mindset of contribution, like how can I make a difference? How can I be helpful? I mean, what are some simple ways that you might take for granted because it sounds like you operate in this way, but for those who are really growing in this journey, like how can people have more of that generosity mindset, do you think? There's actually one simple trick that I encourage everybody to do. And it's at the end of every call, make it a habit to ask, how can I help you? Is there anything I can do to help? You, I find that I am surprised at the number of times people have something seemingly so small. They want connection to another person in the organization that I happen to know or they'd like me to connect with a client, or they need help figuring out a problem they have. And while I may not be an expert, they want another 15 minutes to run by 
some of what they're working on and what insights might I be able to bring to the table to help them through that problem? If we don't ask, we don't know. But it's amazing when we ask how little time we have to spend to truly help others. And what you find is it ends up being a snowball effect because the more you lean in to really serve others, the more you find people leaning in when you need help. And that reciprocity is what truly leads to financial gain for a business. That in, This is important because often my experience has been people believe that by leaning in, helping others, being generous with time, treasures, or talents, you can't focus on where you need to be as a business and what you have to get done. But the reality is I have seen very real ways where the generosity has double or tripled revenue for an organization, not because of doing more work, but because of helping one another and that reciprocity circles. And, and with that mindset, you find your customers start to feel that generosity. And all of a sudden, your customers are now some of your biggest referrals, not because you've done something that's so much greater than every other competitor in the market that you, that you can't be touched, but it's truly that relationship component. I've seen two businesses in turnaround situations where we've doubled revenue over two years purely through a generosity cycle, not by hiring more people, not by refocusing, but truly saying, okay, where do we hone in on giving back to others, both our customers and our peers? And then how do we leverage that to grow our business? Oh my gosh, Sabrina, this is so profound and something I just want everybody to like rewind and hear that again. I'll do my best to recap. So you were saying that a habit to get into is at the end of every conversation to ask the question, how can I help? Is there anything that I can do? And I think that's such an important thing because what we've learned, and we had Wayne Baker who wrote, all you have to do is ask, who researched that people don't ask for help. Most of us are really bad at that. So by you building in the habit of asking people that question so that you're giving them the opportunity, and they probably know that you're going to ask them that question because you always ask that question. So then they think to themselves, well, how can Sabrina help me? I remember you telling me that you started this free referral network across a firm and that it actually helped you to double revenue growth, which you're referring to right now. And, you know, there might have been some skeptical uh, sensibility there or some cynicism around like, you know, who's this really for and that kind of thing. So I'm just curious to know how did that how was that created? How was it implemented? And how did you kind of work through those who might have interpreted it as something other than what it was? It's a great question. Uh, I find it very interesting that for most people, the initial reaction is skepticism when you have free referral, because the immediate response is people only do what they get paid for. But that assumes that people are only motivated by money. And people are so much more. If we think about the whole person that walks into the office every day, that whole person is motivated by so much more than just what they get paid. They're motivated by seeing their impact on the organization. They're motivated by a purpose that's bigger than themselves. And if you can attach to that purpose, then you can actually drive results. And so what I found was in this, these cases, most of the time you've got five to 10% of people who will just jump on board and say, why not try it? There's no downside. You've got about 80% who sit on the fence and say, 
uh, I don't really believe it'll work, but why don't you go ahead and try it? And if it works, we'll consider doing it. And then you've got the last 10% who just think you're crazy and will tell you you're not going to achieve your goals. You're just going to harm yourself. You've got to ignore the naysayers and focus on the 10% because what happens is when you start sharing those stories culturally, they spread through organizations like rapid fire. Very few changes within organizations drive the type of financial results we see here. And when people start recognizing it, they want to jump on board. And so you start to get this 80% jumping on board pretty quickly. And then you just carry that through the organization. And over a year or two, you actually see the whole culture shift. You'll always have some naysayers. Outside of those folks, though, it truly becomes the organizational norm. But you have to have the willingness to stick your neck out and say, look, I'm I'm willing to be the leader here. And if it doesn't work, we haven't lost anything as an organization. When we come back, Sabrina will help us learn how to set up a free referral network. Hey, Calvin here. Join me, Brandon, Christina, and Lee on the Straight Up Show podcast on all your podcast platforms. Straight Up is a show that discusses topics you want to talk about but won't hear about in mainstream media. Topics ranging from how COVID-19 impacted the Asian community to how cartoons are therapeutic to hardworking adults. So we invite you to join the conversation. But if you do, we only have one rule on our show. You got to be straight up. And we're back with Sabrina Bailey, Global Head of Wealth Solutions at London Stock Exchange Group. So a free referral network, how does that work? Free referral network is as simple as I'm meeting with someone, whether it's a potential new hire, a potential new customer. And as I meet with them, I realize they're not right for what I'm looking for and or what we have to offer doesn't meet their need. But I know that there's another role within the organization, for example, they would be a great fit for. Or I know as a customer, I can say, okay, if if you're not trying to solve for these pain points, what are your biggest pain points? And I can say, great, we've got three other areas that may be able to help. So rather than asking for anything in return, it's making sure the person who's looking for a role, for example, gets to the right people internally and building that connection network without expecting anything in return. Making sure the customer gets to the right place in the organization without expecting anything in return. I don't care if our business gets credit. I don't care if we get financial credit. None of that matters. It's really truly about that focus on helping others get to where they need to be so that they can achieve their goals And what you find through that free referral network is people, interestingly, are more willing to give back. And I believe this is human nature if there's nothing expected in return. The core root of generosity is not giving with an expectation to receive. It's giving in order to help people reach their bigger purpose, mission, or goal without expecting anything in return. Um, Over time, though, that free referral network starts to grow. Because again, what you find out is the person you refer to another role within the organization actually starts to refer other people who may be the right fit for the role you're looking for. Or the customer you passed up on and referred somewhere else internally will refer you 
to other organizations in the industry to say, well, I didn't need these services, but hey, I know this firm has this to offer. Why don't you connect here? And you find, again, just that cycle of reciprocity grows over time as your network and your relationships grow. I think that's so beautiful. So Sabrina, is this an informal thing where you say, this is what we're going to start doing and hope everybody participates? Or is it a way that you track it? I mean, how do you organize this referral network? Oftentimes within organizations, it starts informally. And it's really, again, lending that helping hand. As you build the storytelling, what we find is it becomes more formal, but not necessarily formalized. Because again, there's nothing expected in return. What becomes more formal is the storytelling that happens throughout the organization that breeds the reciprocity. I think of times at organizations where, for example, I participated in finals presentations to large customers that were outside of the area of business I even worked in. And it's because I knew the customer from other areas, other places in the market. Ultimately, again, expecting nothing in return, those stories get shared and you find that informal becomes more formal because people all of a sudden recognize the power of that reciprocity cycle. Mm, Okay. So, and do you recognize it? Do you identify like who's doing a really great job at it? We do. Through that storytelling, what we found is most powerful is recognizing it at large group meetings, whether it's all staff meetings. Oftentimes, it was actually bringing leaders in from other areas of the organization to present to new teams that that they are not typically in front of. And again, that storytelling culture, then highlighting it even at the most senior of executive levels, once it becomes more formal, the results clearly translate to the top because of the financial benefits of the generosity. So you find the CFO starts to recognize, the CEO starts to recognize. And from there, then you can create a formal recognition program where they reach out to these cross-functional teams to thank them for the work they've done, to recognize them for the financial results they've brought to the table. That's fantastic. That's the culture of giving, right? That's that, that I love the, the reciprocity ring, that culture of giving, that we're all in this together. Because so many people say that, and, and I think that people genuinely want to believe that, but I don't know that every organization really prioritizes that and, and makes that like a mantra so that you know that when you work there, you are a member of something greater. So it's there's something really communal and and just beautiful about that. So you'd said earlier that, you know, you're not generosity is giving with no expectation of anything in return. So we're not giving to get, but the fact is we do get. There are so many benefits. You've just mentioned a couple of them, like even financial reward. But what are some other ways that you see the return on generosity? The biggest impact on the return on generosity outside of financial for an organization is perspective. And what I mean by that is when you generously give of your time, your talents and your treasures, both within an organization and externally, you have the ability to better sort through what's truly a priority and what's just noise. Because with generosity comes greater perspective about what others are facing, what others are facing in their day-to-day work life, what others are facing in terms of business growth, operational efficiencies, or even outside the organization, what others are facing on a day-to-day basis. And that sets the stage for how truly important or urgent is something 
relative to this breadth of perspective you hold. And that is one of the biggest benefits just in terms of thinking about culture, thinking about sustainability of culture, motivation of employees. If they have a greater perspective, if we all have a greater perspective, we bring greater clarity to every decision we make. Yes, yes. And that's that's the return on being present, listening, really engaging with people, right? Because Sabrina, you're saying like, if you invest and really try and understand, you get the benefit of this perspective, which actually helps you to prioritize. You can sort through the noise, right? Because so often people say that their biggest challenge is time. Like I don't have enough time. And we know that time is the most precious resource because we can't recover time. So you're saying investing your time and listening and really understanding actually helps you save time because now you know the difference between what's a worthy investment of time and energy and what isn't. Yes. I would also say that time is absolutely the most precious resource because no matter what we do, we cannot get more of it. What I've experienced though, as the generosity circle grows, and this goes back to one of the stories I told, is that you do gain time, but you gain time from others being willing to help you. If, for example, I had to find all the resources on my own to learn about a new industry, to get up to speed, to learn the language, it would have taken me 10 times the amount of time as it did when I had four or five people lean in and send me the resources because I then didn't have to spend the hours looking for those resources that were going to be most impactful to my learning journey. So while we can't change the amount of hours there are in a day, generosity does have an impact in terms of the time others are willing to spend for you so that you can use your time in a more effective and efficient manner. So ultimately we do gain time. We just gain that time in a different way. Yes. Yes. Ah, love it. So I love to hear favorite quotes and mantras from all of our guests and like what that speaks to them. What is the favorite quote or mantra that you have? The favorite mantra I have is the only legacy we leave behind is the impact we have on others. And this impact will be measured by how we use our time, talents, and treasures. What will our legacy be? We're the only ones who have control over that legacy. And so I challenge people to think about what's the legacy you want to leave behind and how are you going to spend your time, talents, and treasures? to make sure that happens. What an important message for us to take going into 2022 and to think about how are we going to invest in others this year? You know, how are we going to do something that matters that would have a lasting legacy? And for really for us to take a lot of your advice to heart and like how what kind of habits could we build to help us to make this a part of a daily life so it's not an afterthought, but it's really just a part of how we organize ourselves. I really appreciate you spending your precious time with us to share your perspectives and your thoughts and life experience with us in this encouraging way. Thank you for having me. I've loved having the opportunity to share it. Our OG takeaway tip, how to apply what we've learned to our own work and lives. Sabrina's modeling, encouragement, and witness to the returns on generosity are powerful. Let's begin with the end in mind, our legacy. What impact will we have on others? How will we invest our time, talent, and treasure? Let's explore. Time. Reflect on yesterday. How much of your time did you invest in being generous to yourself? 
self-care, rest, recovery, doing something you enjoy? How much time did you invest in being generous to others? Helping, supporting, listening, leading, encouraging? What contributions could you make today by offering yourself and others the generosity of time? How will you invest your time today? Talent. What are some of the gifts that you have? Strengths of yours? What makes sense to you and either comes naturally or is something that you've learned how to do over time? Are you effective at offering feedback? Are you really organized? Do you have a way of synthesizing many complex things into something tangible and clear? Maybe your talent is your compassion, your inclusive perspective, or your courageous and respectful way of challenging ideas. How will you generously share your talent today? How can you honor your strengths by deliberately and thoughtfully sharing with others? We often think that what the team needs most from us is to do whatever it takes, but that's not true. What your team needs most from you is for you to know your strengths and volunteer them thoughtfully, strategically, and consistently. Share your strengths. Treasure. Let's define treasure as something that we greatly value. What are some of the treasures that you could share with others? And let's intentionally not think about financial giving. It's essential to be philanthropic and to contribute to worthy causes, but ROG deliberately focuses on non-financial giving. So what other treasures do you have? Your ideas, your perspectives, experiences, resources, your sensibility, your engagement, those are treasures. Think about an initiative that you've been involved with recently at home or at work. And what treasures did you contribute? How did you add value by being you? This week, when you're having conversations with people, ask the question, how can I help? And be mindful of the time, talent, and treasure you have to share. Our legacy is the accumulation of these micro moments of generosity. Join us for episode 67, launching on Tuesday with Jeff Christian. Until next week, stay generous, everyone. Thanks for listening to ROG, Return on Generosity podcast. Please help us grow by subscribing and reviewing us on your favorite podcast player. And for more information, visit bridgebetween.com. We grow when we give. We grow when we give. We grow when we give.